Are you ready to step into a God-shaped dream that feels so much bigger than what you can handle alone? Do words like imposter syndrome, perfection, and what the heck am I doing come to mind? If so, this episode is for you. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams, and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. You know, we all have a thread running through our life that's creating a beautiful tapestry, offering clues of who we are becoming. Today on the show, I'm interviewing my friend Merit Ansa. She's a speaker, podcaster, and dream coach for passionate, creative Christian women who are ready to finally get moving on a dream without second-guessing every decision or worrying what other people think. She helps women step over what's holding them back from pursuing their God-shaped dreams. Host of the Devoted Dreamers podcast, she's a mom of two, living her best life in Colorado. You can reach her at MeritOnsa, that's O-N-S-A dot com. Merit, welcome. I am so excited to have you here today. Stephanie, it's such an honor to be speaking with you today. I don't exactly know where or how we met, but I ended up interviewing on your podcast, maybe one year ago. I'm not sure how long it's been. Something like that. Yeah. 2021, I'll guess. Yeah. So I want you to tell me a little bit about, you know, when God places a dream in your heart, it is so easy to think that it has to be a perfect start as if the world is watching, but oftentimes it looks messy, right? Yeah. You know, it it does feel like the world is watching. And we, I think you asked me like, how does it start? And it made me think about the things that bubble up in us because of who God made us to be. It's kind of that idea phase that you can't stop thinking about this thing and ideas come all the time unexpectedly. Like a lot of times when you're in the shower on a run, it keeps you up at night. Like I had so many nights when I'd be laying in my bed, like texting myself because I don't want to forget this thing that I thought of right as I was about to fall asleep, but it's all in your head. And it's a little bit, well, it's very much a fantasy world that you're imagining what could be. But then once you start to take some steps, it looks very different. It's a lot of fits and starts and you're trying to do a bunch of different things to test stuff out. And, you know, you might procrastinate a little bit with some social media scrolling because you're like, well, I know I want to do this, but I don't really know how to really get into it. And do you have a camera on my life? (laughs) (laughs) Is there a camera Uh, in here watching me scroll TikTok? Yeah, seriously. But you're watching everybody else going, oh, she's doing this. She's doing that. Oh, it's kind of like what I'm thinking about. And then self-doubt, imposter syndrome, the comparison, all of that. And it starts to sound more like, I'm not sure I have what it takes to do this. Or like, what if it fails and everybody in the world sees me fail at this? What will I do then? You have just described all of us, every one of us that's had a dream that wanted to be an entrepreneur or start a Bible study or be a leader or Etsy or, you know, whatever it is in our life that we are trying to get off the couch and we feel stuck. And then when I feel stuck, the first thing I want to do is just procrastinate and Mm -hmm. kind of swirl in my 
not understanding and then I'll go to YouTube and then that ends up on TikTok and then I'm comparing and then maybe I wanted to write a paragraph on something. So I'll do something similar to them. And then before you know it, your voice is not even in it anymore. And you're like, what is my why? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so common. We get so caught up in all of that. Too many distractions. I know imposter syndrome is a huge one. I know a lot of my friends who will call and say, hey, I'm thinking about this idea. I want to do something. And they're like, but I don't have these, you know, like an interior designer. Maybe they're really great. Somebody just designed a house for me and they're not, they didn't go to school for it, but they have more talent than most people in their little pinky. And I think to myself, why do we, why do we look to this imposter syndrome? Like, why does it trip us up so much? Oh my gosh. Um, That's a big question, a isn't it? Big <laughs> question. Um, you know, I don't know what it would have been before there was social media, but sometimes I really think that it's this access we have to everybody else's highlight reel. You know, that it magnifies the way the areas that we feel not quite good enough or or not quite there. We haven't arrived yet. It seems like everybody else has it all figured out, and in some ways, we might believe without even really knowing we believe this, but like that God has this expectation that it would be perfect if we're going to step into this thing that he's given us. And honestly, I feel like too, that that's a little bit of our sin nature coming through that we want to be our own self-salvation problem. Like we want to do all the things we want it to look beautiful. We want to be the one that other people admire or praise or look at as like, oh my gosh, can you believe she just did that? We don't want to struggle. We don't want to fight for the dream because, I mean, it's hard to admit, but we just don't really want to need anybody else. We want to function on our own and and survive and be able to celebrate like, hey, that was me. I did it. And I think what we really need there is a bit of a perspective shift out of look what everybody else is doing. What, what does God expect of me to more of a position of humility? And Lord, what would you have me do? instead of looking at everybody else. Yeah, that is a good point. Because I mean, when I was before I doing the radio show, I was just, you know, I was doing a podcast in my closet. And I was super happy there. I had my ski jackets and everything was muffled. And you know, I, I, I think oftentimes people look at, you know, say, a singer that just won singer of the year or something like that. And they're like, Oh, gosh, they're comparing themselves. I've been playing music for so long. Well, what we don't realize is, is this guy, he was like a 10 year overnight success, right? <laughs> he, he's been at every like rodeo playing and every little fairground on the stage playing. And so we just we look at the finished polished product and think that is supposed to be us. But everyone started ugly and started imperfect. Jess Ekstrom, she's the author of Chasing the Bright Side, and she reminds us that if we think of our success in the form of a rival, we will always come out short. She's like, I mean, otherwise I can just have a margarita and just retire. But every time you achieve something, it takes you to another level, another platform, looking at the world that maybe you haven't seen before. So it's easy to say, you know, someone asked me the other day, you you got a podcast or you wrote a book. Do you feel like you made it? And I'm sitting there scrubbing the poo off of the laundry room floor of the dog. And I'm like, no, I don't feel like I've made it because no one ever really makes it until you die. You're just, you're just doing your best and you're going to another level, but really the goodness is in the journey. It's not in the getting there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And I think that as we think about a God-shaped dream, certainly the Lord is not like, all right, let's get to a hundred percent and let's do it today. You know, like the reality is it's a journey with him. Like there's a reason this word sanctification exists that he's, he's doing a work in the world to redeem and repair what was broken. He's making all things new. That was not our job. That was his job. He took that on happily. He's doing it. And we get to be on this journey of our own growth and sanctification and learning, like, how did he create me? Who, what am I good at? What am I not good at? Where do I need him to fill in the gaps so that I'm like walking in step with him and dependence on him and not fully in my own stuff? Oh, that's a good point that what you're saying is, is it's God doing the work and we are like the vessel he's he's uh, using. But what's interesting about this is it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. And it's about the people that he is serving. And um, we just get to go along for the ride and experience the gift for me is the transformation of who I was before and who I will be when I get to completion. Absolutely. I mean, it's such an opportunity. Like when you have this big dream that feels so much bigger than yourself, it's such an opportunity to draw close to him because when you start to get into that, like, oh, I think I want to write a book, but I've never done this. I don't know how to do it. Where do I go for help? And you could find all the millions of resources available to you online, but you also could sit and dwell with the Lord and be like, what would you have me say? What comes from your heart that you'd want to share with the world from my lips. And I think I see it as a huge privilege that we would get to step into something imperfectly and let him be the one that gets the praise when we're walking in obedience and dependence on him. And maybe something works out along the way. And maybe we learn something and maybe we grow. Maybe we touch somebody's heart that we never expected. And it's his hand upon all of it. I love this explanation. (laughs) It really takes the pressure off to be like the spotlight is on you and the world is waiting for what you're going to say or if you're going to fall or fail. And it's like, hey, you know, God chose me and I'm imperfect and I'm going to fall and I'll get back up and you'll go further if you fall and get back up, fall, and then it succeeds a little bit. It's all about baby steps. I mean, we are not born knowing anything, you know, (laughs) every single one (laughs) of us, right? (laughs) Not a thing. I know in 2008, I opened up a video production company and I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. I started out filming these little kindergarten videos at my son's elementary school, uh, just like fundraisers. And then one by one, parents started contacting me and they wanted me to transfer old reels to DVD or uh, do a like a little small commercial for their business. And then it just felt like, gosh, they're going to I'm going to be exposed. They're going to know that like just yesterday I, I was a mom trying to potty train a kid and bribe him with M&Ms, you know, to, to go pee. And now I'm trying to build a company and a brand and, and market services and hire accountants. And I didn't know, I didn't have money to pay a staff. I went to a high school and they were like, hey, we have internships. They do it for free for a grade. And I'm like, I'll take four of you guys. <laughs> But it really comes with like late nights and you have to put in a lot of time. But I think when God puts a plan in your heart, he knows what your personality is. He's, he already knows. And he's like, you know what? 
I'm going to help this girl out. I'm going to help transform her. When I wrote my book, it went from I was not the person that when I started to when I finished it. You just can't be. The the falling and getting back up, yeah. the strength and the transformation is priceless. Absolutely. I, t- I have experienced that as well. One of the exercises I like to do with my coaching clients is like, look back at who you were five years ago and imagine oh. what God could do in the next five years. And that kind of like takes you out of yourself too. Like he's the one doing the work. And it's so amazing to, to be like, oh yeah, five, five years ago, I was a totally different person than I am today. Wow. Well, can you paint a picture of what like a typical start might look like? <laughs> you know, like the idealistic, like, whoa, this is going to be, you know, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to be so rich and I can work when I want, you know. <laughs> it doesn't look like that. <laughs> it never does. What's happening? No, I mean, a lot of times it feels like you're climbing up a mountain that and you're not even sure you're on the right trail, right? You're like, right. it could be that trail that went off to the right a mile ago um, because you're in process and you can't, a, a lot of dreamers that I talk to, like we visualize what it could be and we forget that God's going to take us on some right turns or left turns along the way. And if you do look back five years, the things that you thought you were going to do don't look that way today. And so you know, I think I would say that we start with a concept of a direction we think that we're going. We have open hands and we say, God, point me, you know, show me what's next. And there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> I think the first like five years that I was podcasting, which let's see, <laughs> we're in your six now. I'm still like wow. sweaty armpits every time, you know, like it's a labor. It's a labor of love. It's a labor, labor of devotion. And, you know, like I said earlier, like leaning in to the Lord when you don't know how it's going to turn out and you shift gears, I think probably more than we'd want to on that journey. Yeah. And I want to honor you too, in the sense, six years. I mean, that's like the cutting edge. You were like one of like the first podcasters, you know, I don't even know oh, what no. equipment you guys had back <laughs> in the day, but, uh, you know, I think I want to, you know, tip my hat to you because I know how much work it is. I mean, I only started in September. I'm like a baby at this. I'm still like baby steps, but you know, it takes a lot of time and effort. You are in the night, probably when after the babies are put to bed, you're writing and you're editing and you're there's so many aspects to this before it even gets out, you know, to, you got to contact people and fill You even had to fill out forms. I, I created my form because I was like, well, that's what you need to do. You know, I saw Merritt had her form and I was just like duct taping everything. Send me your bio, send me a headshot, you know, and all the things. And then I saw where you had this like streamline, but you had to create all that. I created right. that the other night and I was like, wow, this took a long time. Like you have done so much work to make this look seamless And whether you thought it was perfect or not, I mean, just you've blessed so many women. Oh, you're so kind. So thank you. I I mean, it is a process of iteration. Like all the stuff that you saw was like you said, I things I had to do to make it work for me with little kids and simplify as much as I possibly could. Um, Even last night, I just rewrote something that I've been using again and again and again. And I realized, oh, that's not really working for me anymore. So new templates. (laughs) Well, there you go. See, you know, you've got to see what works and what doesn't. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we took a road trip with our kids and I, I am a firm believer and I'd written in my book, I can't remember what chapter, but it was the value of a skinned knee. 
oftentimes we don't want, we're too scared. Oh, what if we do get a skin knee? What if we do get hurt? What if we do fail? And the world is watching. Let me tell you, the world doesn't care. The world's watching themselves. You know, we're just, we're not anything special. We're just a character, a number in, <laughs> in this world, in a book. And we, we care more about ourselves than other people do. All the kids had climbed this mountain or they had, uh, it was in, it was in uh, Wyoming. And they had biked, took a mountain bike trail. And I'm telling you, it was the steepest thing you've ever seen. They were probably like eight to 10 years old. And they came back and there was scrapes and bruises. I mean, it looked like one of them needed to be in the hospital. <laughs> and we're all at this RV camp and this really, uh, this, this uh, couple was next to us and they saw like wow they've got six people in that motorhome those poor people you know and so we're sitting there and all the kids are like showing us like so ex- with excitement look at my knee look at my bloody knee Ooh, well look at this scar and oh it was like a you know a badge of courage that they had failed and they got back up and my little girl she felt like hmm I didn't get to do it I'm too little so she felt like she was missing out. So she recreated a bloody knee and she went in there and got little red Sharpies and colored her kneecaps. She's like four. Oh my gosh. Red. <laughs> and these these people next door, they're like, oh, my goodness, honey, what happened? She's like, I, I colored it with a Sharpie, you know, and they were like, oh, my God, it's the next serial killer. But I thought she understood the value of a skin knee. She understood that trying and failing is way better than never trying at all. Oh, my friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Messy action. Yeah. Give it a shot. See what happens. Give it the shot. So what are your thoughts on perfection? You know, can it it oftentimes can easily keep us from starting, but what's the true issue Mm -hmm. here? You think? Oh, goodness. Um, how much time do you have? I know. Are we just scared of what people will think or say or feel judgment or we're so terrified of what somebody (laughs) else might say. And like you just said, nobody else is paying all that much attention to you. <laughs> and um, I think one of the things I said in my uh, one of my recent solo episodes was like, it's none of your business what everyone else thinks. And even if they did have a momentary fleeting thought of you, they've moved on, you know, mm. a minute later. And um, yeah, I think we we struggle with having to be on the journey. We struggle with not being perfect when we wish that we were. And um, I think coming to terms with that and realizing like, okay, someone might see me mess up. It's okay. It's okay. God has me. My identity is secure in him. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. My identity so I'm going to pick is- myself back up and keep going. I love that. My identity is secure in him. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to make it my business what you think. <laughs> I'm just going to keep trucking, right? I'm just going to keep trucking along. What does the scripture say about, you know, walking towards God's calling? I mean, I I know for me, when I was writing the book, there was a time where I just wanted to quit. You know, you looked at social media and you have like three likes on something that took you 10 hours. And you're just like, dear God, no one even cares. And I'm crying in the cul-de-sac. And my husband, he looks at me and he's like, go ahead and get your crying out. He's an engineer, you know, go ahead and cry the tears. He just let me do what I needed feel all the feels. And then he said, girl, you need to get back up because it's not about you. It's about the people that you will or you will not serve by going forward or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And think about this when we just talked about identity. So in Ephesians one, it talks, I mean, there's a huge list of amazing words in there for our, our identity, but the ones that pop out to me were chosen were predestined according to God's plan 
conformed with the purpose of his will in order that we might be for the praise of his glory. And this is my little like secret tip here that I think he gives us God-shaped dreams for himself, that He we would bring him praise when we live these things out that he's planted in our hearts. And some of us will choose not to. Some of us will decide that messy action and imperfection is too scary. But you know, as I mentioned earlier, like he's got this plan for the world to redeem it, to make all things new. If we get to play this tiny little sliver in that plan that he's had for all of eternity, it's such a huge privilege. And I think when we look at it that way, it helps us get our minds off of ourselves. And I could give you a ton of other scriptures that inform like how we pursue our dreams and how we think about God and how we think about ourselves in this process. But that's the one that I just keep coming back to Ephesians one. It's just so beautiful what he says about who we are and what he's doing in the world. Wow. That gives me such hopefulness and you're so humble. Like you just have such a heart for God. You can just tell it just comes out of you, just seeps out of you. Like you're just it's not about me. It's just about God. And I'm just so happy to be here. And <laughs> I, I love that. it. I love I, it. I don't always feel that way. But I love that. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, God, why did you pick me on you? I'm on YouTube for the thousandth time, you know, by Thursday. And I'm like, how does this work? How do you do this? And how do you do that to how do you do that? <laughs> oh, it's a rabbit goodness. trail, right? It can be, you know, you're like, oh, I haven't had a bath since Wednesday. Okay. And it's <laughs> Tuesday of the next week. Well, let me ask you this. So a lot of times, you know, for my kids, they'll say, like, when are we getting there? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I'm like, no, we are not there. Quit asking. And But I feel that way myself sometimes. Am I there? And we have a lot riding on the outcome. So tell us a little bit about, like, the journey versus the outcome. You know, is one more important than the other when we're placing everything, like, on an outcome? You know, like, what is it going to produce? Disappointment, failure, comparison. Like, what... What are your thoughts on journey versus outcome? I think this is a helpful question to process because it forced me to think about this a little bit too. Like, is one more important than the other? And I think for me, at least, the journey to the dream really has become less about the outcome and more about what he's doing in me through it and the the growth and the shifts and the ways that I've had to depend more on the Lord, the things that I've learned along the way, the learning of humility and dependence and knowing that when I can't, that he will. And so, I mean, I think about it too, like parenting, like at, when we're parents, we're, we're trying a lot of different things, right? We're um, testing out strategies in parenting that work for one kid, but not the other. So then we have to try something else and we innovate and pray and learn and pray some more and ask God, would you please help me with this one kid that's harder than the other one, or this one doesn't sleep very well, or this one doesn't do its homework. And it's this like, it's part of the process. Like we remember somewhere along that journey, like our job is to equip them. It's not for them to like get a pluses on all their homework and then go out into the world expecting that for their lives. It's that, you know, you're, you're going to fail. You're going to struggle. I'm not going to get it right as a parent learning to go to them and, and admit that like practicing confession and repentance and forgiveness with our kids too. And so I feel like all of this is, you know, God doesn't really, I mean, he cares about the outcome in terms of 
um, you know, where we end up. But all of that from birth to death is a journey that he's taken us on. That if we're still here, he's still working in us. And, you know, if, if he's given me a dream instead of it has to be this way, or God has this expectation that it would turn out a certain way. Like, no, I, I don't think he does. I think he asks us to walk in faith, to receive grace, to trust him and let go of comparing ourselves to others and, and let him be Lord over it all, all of it, Ooh, I love the that. whole journey. Be Lord over it all. You are so inspiring. How can people find you? Yeah, well, um, the Devoted Dreamers podcast is a great way to kind of hear more of what I talk about. But for Christian women who, you know, if you're the person sitting here thinking, I've had this dream in my heart for years, for however long, um, and you want to live more fully in your purpose, I've got this really simple dream readiness checklist that I'd love to offer your listeners that just helps people identify like five basic things that you need to get started. And they're probably not what you think. Um, people can find that at my website, which is meritonsa.com slash dreaming checklist. And we'd love to just kind of begin a conversation there about what it looks like to step into a God-shaped dream. Ooh, that is so inspiring and so hopeful. And I just really appreciate your time, Merit, for helping us to step into a God-shaped dream. Thanks, Stephanie. Hey guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at four or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.